people need to be able to think, speak, and act without self-restraint. As an academic scientist, I have had the privilege of working with prescient giants in the field, such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Zev Zelenko, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, and Dr. Harvey Reich. This is America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome to my Liberty Hour. I am Dr. Paul Alexander. Right now, we're getting these reports about some mysterious pneumonia ripping through Chinese schools, sparking fears among scientists about COVID repeat. Look, we even have WHO is asking China, I was reading today, the World Health Organization now is asking China if they can give them some reporting on what is this mysterious illness. So it's almost like we're going back to December, January of 2020. Deja vu all over again where the WHO was playing around with China and both of them were spooning each other. Somebody was spooned and Fauci. Fauci, China, and WHO was in some kind of a three-way threesome spooning each other back and forth because they were all saying nothing burger. Right? Uh, Fauci was saying nothing to see here. But you say no problems. Okay, lying to President Trump. Um, you had China was WHO was blocking for China. China was not given any information. Look, even everything I just told you could be not true, even and we could find out historically that I am talking garbage. In other words, me, McCullough, we, we could all be shown to be idiots historically, and everybody else. In other words, everything that we've been told so far, we could find out is the complete opposite too. It is that deranged and sick a society and system. All we could say, for all I am saying for sure again is this. Something very wrong was done to us. Exactly by who? We have an idea of the players, many of them, but there are many, the dark, unforeseen, unseen hand, we don't know. But they did something wrong. Something bad was released. The question by who, for why, when exactly, etc. All of these we will learn. It's becoming clearer, but we will learn. We may get to find out that the American government had a much larger hand into the manufacture of whatever was released. I'm not even going to say coronavirus. We might get to find the Department of Defense in the United States government at the highest levels. In other words, COVID was a result of the U.S. government. But the Wuhan lab and the Institute of Virology is just a two-bit player in all of this. I know Francis Collins and Fauci's hands deep in this and Dazak and Barrett, etc. So this mysterious pneumonia they're talking about to me is garbage, is junk. I see no data, no science. This mysterious pneumonia they say ripping through Chinese schools now. I am looking at the data. I'm looking at the science across the world by the hour. I'm talking to different people like myself. We are seeing no data, no science as I speak now that shows us that there's anything lethal coming out of China right now for children. This is just fair porn, fear mongering again. 
to begin you to get you down that COVID route again. Why? Maybe it's because of the election coming in 2024. You think I'm I'm extreme or a conspiracy theorist? No, I'm not. Everything must be on the table. The same way anybody that dies suddenly or dies at dawn or dies in their sleep today, especially young people, and we're seeing many of it, many elite people, famous people even, you cannot discount COVID mRNA vaccine and that. You cannot take it off the table as a cause of silent myocarditis, cardiac arrest, etc. So this mysterious pneumonia, I'm saying turn off Fox, turn off CNN. <clears throat> Don't listen to any of it. As I said, WHO now is asking China to give it some information. I don't buy anything China says. I don't listen to anything China says. If And if our government, if the CDC or the FDA or the US government or the Canadian government, the, the, the health officials like New and Tam out of Health Canada tells you A, then I know it's B. Anything these people say is a lie. They lie straight face and bold. They're inept and incompetent, but they're mostly liars and duplicitous liars too. So anything you're reading about this mysterious, don't, don't buy into that now. Look, if there is something of harm coming, you'll be the first to know. Because people like myself and McCullough will be issuing clarion calls and running quickly to inform you. You need to understand, that's how we played it before. And we'll continue to play it. I wanted to talk about something that's very troubling, which is this issue of um, transgenderism again. Because the way I look at it is this COVID thing has failed. And right now, they're beginning to ramp up and push this this um, climate change agenda madness again. This is the next pivot. And this transgender madness. Between climate change and transgender, remember, <clears throat> when we look at the data properly, the only data we have on climate change really is the Vostok ice-core samples coming out. That project between... Soviet Union, Russia in the past, France, United States, <clears throat> where they pulled slivers of ice out of the floor in Vostok, Antarctica. It's the only actual data we have of how the Earth's atmosphere behaved over thousands of years. And the sliver of ice, the cylindrical sliver, covered 500,000 years of Earth's history. By looking at the atmosphere, year over year, over 500,000 years from now past. Because, because the content of the atmosphere was trapped in the ice and survived the period of time. And they took the sliver and they sliced it up period by period. And the, what they've shown is <clears throat> that the Earth cycles every 100 to 110,000 years into cooling, warming periods. 
And right now, we are actually entering into a cooling period, not warming. And what we see is that, is that it is completely upside down, where the normal global warming hysteria and madness, really trying to carbon tax us, is that because of our carbon footprint and carbon exhaust, etc., it gets trapped greenhouse gases, etc., and it causes the earth temperature to rise. But what the Forsok iceberg sample shows us is that it's actually the opposite. What we're seeing is that the Earth's temperature rises. And from my read of the data, by about an 800-year lag, then carbon dioxide increases. In fact, when you look past the 500,000 years and you check it, you see that there were periods hundreds of thousands of years ago where carbon dioxide was at higher levels than it is today. And I need you to understand and listen to that statement again. There are periods in the graphs which show that hundreds of thousands of years ago, in the Earth's atmosphere, the carbon dioxide levels were higher than the carbon dioxide levels today. And we are arguing that the carbon dioxide levels today are so high because of the Industrial Revolution, the discovery of oil 100 years ago, and us using gas engines, jet engines, kerosene, diesel, all these sorts of uh, carbon-based products to, for, as, as energy to drive these vehicles, power these engines, etc. What existed 300,000 years ago to make the carbon footprint much heavier then than now? Think about it. What? Was it dinosaurs and flatulence by dinosaurs? What? You didn't have an industrial revolution then. So do you understand what I'm saying? That Vostok ice core sample, you must read about it. It's the only actual data we have. It's not based on these man-made mathematical models that we produce today that we could input any variables into the model and we could derive any output. These corrupted, coerced, lying models. And then we turn around and say, oh, there's global warming. So it's a farce. It's a farce. And they know that. That's one issue. I want to talk about the transgender because D-J-O-R-D-J-E-I-C. <sighs> I don't know where to begin. Because you know my view on this transgender madness. He's come up with a surgical procedure. And it's called the genital swap surgery. Genital swap. That's G-E-N-I-T-A-L. So genitals means your vagina or your penis. Swap surgery. And what he's saying is he could take and you know, our argument, my argument is this. I don't care if you sling off, if you cut off your penis. I don't care what you do to it. I don't care if you blow it up. I don't care if you fillet it into a vagina. I don't care if you create that inverted, what they call a neo-vagina, where you remove the penis and you, you make some kind of cavity inside of you. I don't care. I don't care what you do to your genitalia. 
as an adult, knock yourself out, do as much of it as you want, but not the children. Children don't have the mental wear at all, the emotional upbringing, maturity to make those decisions. And you as an adult should not be making it for them because we have many instances now of young children and teenagers who are suicidal and committing suicide in America because they they want to go backwards and transition back because they realize the madness and the mistake they made, but they can't. So this guy's come up with this genital swap procedure where he's saying he could take two children or two young people and have them in one surgical ward and put them under, and he could take the penis off of the male and put that penis onto the female. And he could he could take the vagina and part of the vagina from the female and put it onto the male and, and build a, a vagina. You understand how crazy what I'm saying is, but he's saying he can and they're doing a, a surgery, a procedure. So I'm arguing in my substack that we are the edge of the abyss now because these genital transformation surgeries and these young people, what do you call it? Vaginoplasty and phalloplasty for vaginas and for penises. They're creating what they call a neopenis, which is a quasi-penis and a neo-vagina or quasi-somewhat of a vagina. And they're using tissues from the patient's arms, their legs, other body parts. So this gender reassignment procedure is a swap of genitals. And you know, it's it's almost like it 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 is deep into this transhumanism BS, this garbage. You know, this transhumanism is 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 almost like um it's almost like you could use modern technology and medicine to create and do anything that you want, and there's no limits to it. And that is the insanity here. You know, as I said, as an adult, I don't care if you as an adult cut off your penis or make a vagina. I don't care if you want to blow up your penis or testicles. I do not care. It's not my business. And if you're an adult, do anything that you want. Just I'm saying that you are criminal when you... Um, step into the world of children and young people and you make and you force these decisions onto them. This guy is saying he's in the final steps and they're ready to, to, to conduct this type of swap surgery. And um, the truth of the matter is that they're going to have huge implications to this because I don't care what you do. You are born male. You will remain male until the end of your life. You are female. You're going to remain female. And I think that um, we have serious complications and implications. And I want to end this segment by talking about Captain Shane Murdoch's recent um, uh, sharing again. He's this pilot that has come forward again. And he's saying that we have devastation coming in the airline industry where a few commercial airlines fully loaded will fall from the sky and passengers, all of the passengers will be killed. And he's saying what they're seeing is 
on a plane right now, there's this um way you could communicate problems. It's called squawking semi seven hundred. I believe there's squawk semi five hundred and semi six hundred for different trouble and problems on the aircraft. I believe squawking semi seven hundred. When you squawk, you are communicating to other pilots and to the ground control, etc. And what he's saying is that um, in the past, in the near past, this squawk 7700 on the transponders in the plane is like a mayday signal from the pilot to the ground or even the ground for all other planes that the aircraft is in imminent danger of crashing or significant threat or danger exists on that aircraft. And what he's saying is all of a sudden, since the vaccine, the advent of the vaccine, and when we look at the graphs and the data, we could show, we could track it, that since you roll out of the vaccine, the Squawk 7700, which is danger in the cockpit, has dramatically escalated. And he's saying it's because of the vaccine. We need to test pilots before they enter the cockpit. Thank you very much. Copix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code out loud, global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk League. Welcome back to the second part of the Alexander COVID, Alexander Liberty Hour, Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour on America Out Loud Talk Radio. We're going to talk a bit about COVID and this new um, by this new booster, XBB 1.5, that they're trying to bring out, that they just got emergency use for the Moderna XBB 1.5 booster based on the XBB 1.5 spike, knowing that the XBB 1.5 variant is almost supplanted and displaced, that we right now we have on deck the EG5, the FL 1.5, and the, and the BA 2.86. These bastards know at CDC and FDA, at Moderna and Pfizer, 
Bula and Bansal, they know that this booster will not hit, that there will be a clear mismatch between this booster and the circulating variant. So that what will happen is viral immune escape, antibody-dependent enhancement of infection. That means that the vaccinated will become infected first, rapidly, and severely ill. They know this. They know original antigenic sin must operate. That the recall antibodies, no matter how many vaccines you take in the future, the recall antibodies must be to the initial prime or exposure. That is original antigenic sin. What you were vaccinated for initially or exposed to in the future, the antibodies that are recalled will be predominantly to that exposure. So you could remake the spike. You could remake the, you could you could tweak the mRNA in the vaccine. You could do what you want. Every time you take a booster, your antibody response, the antibodies that are called up, will be to the initial vaccine. That is the initial vaccine you took that was based on the initial Wuhan legacy strain. They know this. They know that bringing out a vaccine that mismatches the circulating variant, that suboptimal immunity will drive natural selection, Darwinian natural selection to select for new infectious variants. They know that that selection pressure will result in more variants. They know this, yet they're still bringing this out. You have Peter Marks from the FDA, Ashish Jha from the Biden administration. These people are, it's not that they, they, you can't say that they're clueless. These people are malfeasant. These are not good people. They are setting this up for this, this, this infection, this whatever it is that they developed in the lab, whether intentional or by accident. They, they, Fauci and Francis Collins and Barack and Dazak, and they did do something. They brought something. Whether what they released was mRNA or spike or whatever, or coronavirus, whatever. They released something that, yes, did cause some kind of pulmonary illness, viral respiratory illness, symptoms to high-risk vulnerable people over age 80 with underlying medical conditions. And yes, that was low-hanging fruit. It killed them. We know that. We lost people. But we know the vast majority of people we lost was due to the lockdowns and the collateral damage and the school closures. We know that. We know that the vast majority of people we lost was due to people being unable to access medical care in March of 2020 when all of the crazy hospitals under government advisement in Canada, in the UK, in in France, in the United States, designated all the beds as COVID beds. So in March and April of 2020, when your daddy had chest pains, he was A, afraid to go to the hospital. He might catch COVID, not understanding the lie of it all. B, he was afraid to go to his doctor in the clinic because the doctor wasn't even going to see him. Everything was shut down for two years. C, he couldn't come to the hospital because the hospital had every bed a COVID bed. And all surgeries, everything was elective. So he couldn't even get care if he came to the emergency room. And his heart disease began to fester. 
And now two and three years after, he have advanced cardiovascular disease, advanced sequelae that they can't help him now. That is why when you look at the excess mortality data today, you see so much excess mortality, all-cause mortality. It's because of all of the people with cancers, with, with diabetes, renal failure, cardiovascular illness. All of these things, they couldn't get care. Now they're dying. It's not no virus. COVID is done two years ago. It's no virus. That's what they knew. And they know that the vast majority of people died because of how they were treated in the medical system. Because once you took granny, we've spoken about this, once you took granny from the nursing home or from her private home and you rushed her to the hospital because she had a little cough or whatever, because you frightened everybody that, oh, she might have COVID. They knew that once granny touched that emergency room door, her 28-day mortality, her risk of death in 28 days escalated 40%, just touching the door. From iatrogenic infection, she would get C. difficile, Clostridium difficile, Staphylococcus aureus, all of these infections in the emergency room. They knew that. They knew she would die from something other than whatever she came from. And they knew they were using an RT-PCR test that was processed, not even a test. There was 97% false positive. They knew that because any cycle over 24 amplifications was viral dust and viral fragments, old common cold coronavirus, not infectious, lethal virus. They knew cycling at 40, they were designating her COVID positive when she was not. Yet they knew they had to suck her into the COVID black hole to use the COVID protocol because they knew they were getting hundreds of thousands of US dollars and Canadian dollars per patient in the black hole. So they couldn't even let you take your grandparent or your parent out. Once they touched it, they tell her she can't leave because she have COVID. So we need to isolate her. And you like a stupid fool, scared of your own parent, let them take her in and put her in that back room. False positive. And then they began the COVID protocol. What? What did they do? They go into it again. They isolated her. And these beasts know that for an elderly person, isolation is the number one killer. They begin to circle and spirally drain an elderly person once. You isolate them. Then you gave her sedatives because you didn't want to touch her. So you wanted to sedate and comatose her so she could behave herself on that bed. So you, the doctor and the nurse, could stand up behind the glass window and fill out your charts every day. You could say, oh yeah, we examined the patient, but you didn't touch her. We know that because we went and we looked below her blanket. We saw them with mounds of feces and maggots. For weeks, you never even changed them. They shit on themselves whole day and pee. They wouldn't even go in the room. That's what you did them. And you pump her with sedatives. You use my dazalam. You knew that my dazalam is a, is a death warrant chemical. You knew it is. You know it is used in the execution chamber 
before the potassium is given to execute a, a person to stop their heart. You know that you give them midazolam first so you could strap them on that gurney and not give you trouble. You know you were paralyzing her with midazolam and then you pump her with diamorphine. You had a comatose, she couldn't move. Isolated. Sedated with midazolam and diamorphine. She couldn't eat. She became malnourished and died. Many, many elderly died because of malnourishment. Many elderly then died. If they didn't die from malnourishment, they died from dehydration. That's what we did. And then we pumped her with more toxic drugs as she was dehydrated and spiraling and circling the drain, dying. They wouldn't touch her. Family couldn't even see her. And when she died, they couldn't even bury her. But you wasn't done, you beast. They pumped up with remdesivir that we wrote and we spoke. Me, Dr. Alexander, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Reich, Dr. Ardis. On many stages, you could find it. Google it. Go to my blog, Alexander COVID News. Remdesivir was kidney and liver toxic. It was a failed Ebola drug. It was like Tamiflu or Seltamivir. It was a drug in search of a condition. They gave Tamiflu the pandemic of 2009. They gave that drug its condition. They decided to give remdesivir to COVID. So remdesivir found its condition, knowing it is failed, it would never work, and it was deadly, yet you gave it to her. Because it was $2 to give you hydroxychloroquine. But it was $3,500 every dose of remdesivir that you build the government. And when you was done, you, you, you put a do not resuscitate order on her that her family didn't authorize. You authorized it in the hospital because you wanted her dead so you could collect that few hundred thousand from the government quickly. And then you did the most incredible thing. You said no antibiotics. Why? When you interviewed these idiotic, moronic doctors, they said, well, the CDC or the FDO Health Canada said to us that antibiotics are for bacterial infections and COVID is a viral infection, so we can't use it. Yet these morons, these idiots, these fools knew that as in Spanish flu, 98% of the people who died, of that 50 million who died in 1917, they didn't die from the influenza, from the Spanish flu. Flu, influenza. They died with bacterial infection secondary to the viral infection. Most people died 98% from pneumonia, bacterial pneumonia that needed antibiotics in 1917. We didn't have antibiotics then, so we know why they died. Today, we have antibiotics. Yet doctors were prevented from prescribing it. This was a concerted effort to kill people. 
most of the people who died, our elderly in hospitals, in nursing homes, would be alive today, had doctors used antibiotics that was right there. But they hid behind, well, the, the college told me this is a viral, so don't use bacterial drugs. Yet they knew that these people had pneumonia. They let them develop sepsis, and of course they would die. Systemic infection, they would die. And before you thought, well, they killed them. They killed granny. No, they weren't done. No, to make sure they get all of the money from the Canadian government and the provinces in Canada and the U.S. government, they needed to intubate her and put her on a ventilator because they needed to declare that she died from COVID. Yet they knew that they didn't know what they were doing with the ventilator. See, Trump... <laughs> This came under Trump too, and he was deceived with this because he didn't know. But I can't stop excusing everybody because the ventilator blew. There's a condition called ventilator acquired pneumonia, VAP, VAP. Everybody knows this basic, basic science and medicine. You put somebody on a ventilator, the chances are they will develop pneumonia because of the ventilator. And you were placing these people on the ventilator when their lungs were so traumatized because you had an end-stage COVID. Okay, you had her on this train in the hospital. You weren't touching her. She was getting sick, malnourished, dying, no antibiotics. By the time you put granny on that ventilator, you had serious, serious deep-seated infection. You didn't have upper respiratory tract infection at the nasal mucosa. You didn't have a cough. You didn't have upper respiratory tract right there in the throat or right there in the upper chest. You had infection that had migrated deep down inside, deep inside the lungs, down into the alveoli where the gas exchange takes place. The walls of the alveoli are so brittle because oxygen moves one way, carbon dioxide waste product the next to the blood supply. You knew that by the time you, you, you slapped that ventilator on, not doing any training, you know once you force air down into that trauma lung, after granny weeks inside her hospital, isolated, comatose, sedated, malnourished, dehydrated, she have sepsis at that point, careening towards end organ damage across her body, failure, renal failure, Lung failure, heart failure, all. Because you failed to give her antibiotics. That's why we, we coined and we invented the early treatment model. The early treatment model was not about the ivermectin and the hydroxy. The early treatment model, the real key was the antibiotics. Because antibiotics carry antibacterial, antiviral, anti-inflammatory properties. We knew why we placed it there, the doxycycline, the azithromycin. We knew why. It was to save their lives. Because we understood that pneumonia is the biggest problem, the biggest killer of elderly people, especially when you put them to lie down. So even though we didn't even understand what exactly was this viral illness, this respiratory influenza-like, symptoms that they were having, we knew that they would develop pneumonia.
because you're laying them down as elderly. So we knew we had to put you on antibiotics. We made antibiotics core. It was always an anti-infective antiviral with antibiotics and zinc. Because those antivirals like ivermectin and hydroxy needed a zinc ion of four. Zinc needed an ion of four. I stated it wrong. It was zinc that, that affects the DNA dependent, the RNA dependent RNA polymerase enzyme that is critical to viral replication of the genetic material. And it is zinc that disturbs that enzyme and dysregulates it and damages it. The ivermectin and hydroxy was an ion of oil. It, it was a molecular transporter across the membrane to take the zinc in. They didn't stop viral replication. It was the zinc. Anyway, I'm coming to the end of this segment, and thank you very much for once again, America Outlawed, my book, Presidential Takedown, Amazon. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome to the third segment of the Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour on America Cloud Talk Radio. Um, I want to talk first about, um, remember again my blog, Alexander COVID News. It's free. Please subscribe. You get daily um, COVID news, related news. I want to remind you that um, my book, Presidential Takedown, is there. Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And um, I wrote it from the point of view of while I was at the Trump administration at Health and Human Services, um, my view on uh, what happened to President Trump and how he was toppled from on the inside by the deep state. People like Fauci, Walensky, uh, not Walensky, Fauci, Burks, um, the cabal, the deep state, uh, the bureaucracy, 
um, many in his administration. I'd like you to consider the book. It's uh, called Presidential Takedown. Remember, I also with Dr. McCullough, Dr. Rich, etc. We provide scientific support to the wellness company. The wellness company. You can find them at twc.health. Twc.health, and it's a company that is trying to remake healthcare and put the decision making back into your hands as a patient. Offer you um, telehealth services, um, online prescriptions, etc., and the ability to speak to a doctor. And they're trying to uh, to pivot towards specialist care also. Um, a range of nutraceuticals and um, and uh, products that could offer support uh, during this um, post-COVID era, especially in terms of the spike protein from the virus or the vaccine. Uh, I wanted to say that um, with... Uh, the wellness company, you have access to, to a lot of uncensored content. Remember, the website is twc.health, and you could, you could schedule virtual appointments, speak to trusted medical professionals and doctors who, um, who, are, who, 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 who can deal with you very independently, not constrained by the technocracy, the technocracy and bureaucracy. You have access to a wholly owned pharmacy. They could fill out your prescriptions and these doctors now telehealth can tailor treatments specific to you, um, vaccine exemption letters, etc., exclusive treatments, um, world-class supplements, health products, so much more. And um, remember, the link is twc.health. Uh, There's also the Spike product, which um, is a formula put together by this company. And it's based on the evidence that is emerging so far that um, you can purchase the, um, the spike product that it helps in dissolving the spike protein from the virus or the vaccine because the evidence is clear now that the spike protein or fragments of it remains in the blood and the tissues long term and uh, we argue it could be lifelong. Um, if, you, if you went to um, the spike to take a look at the product, I, I will read out the website address for you. Um, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.twc.health forward slash collections forward slash COVID-19 forward slash products forward slash long hyphen hall H-A-U-L hyphen formula question mark. REF equals sign Paul. If you go to that link, um, you'll be able to read a lot about the spike protein formula and uh, decide if this is something that uh, you want to help support your immune system, dissolve the spike protein, etc. Look, I wanted to say that um, this issue will be known in time as the, the age of insanity. You know, like we had different ages, the dark ages, etc. This is the age of insanity. I could find no other title to really describe what we're living in now. Remember there was this, in the past here where Newsom, in California, they made it illegal for a doctor to disagree with a politician over this COVID era, during this COVID era. So it's kind of like a bunch of madness that we live 
and um I wanted to um to just bring that up and uh I wanted to talk a little bit about um lockdowns because I put out on my Substack something that was written by Dr. Donald Henderson, D.A. Henderson. Um, he was at Johns Hopkins back in 2000, 2001, etc. I think he passed away in 2014. But Dr. Henderson was the father of pandemic response. And yes, he was at Johns Hopkins, but he was advising a lot of international organizations, especially the World Health Organization, etc., on what we call non-pharmaceutical interventions. That is interventions that um, you could employ that are not pharmaceutical, but are societal in terms of shielding, like lockdown, school closures, whatever. And, and he wrote a seminal paper in 2006. The title of it was called Disease Mitigation Measures in the Control, in the Control of Pandemic Influenza. And he wrote this paper with Thomas Inglesby, Nuzo, O'Toole. And that was in 2006. And it, um, Henderson and they had just set up a bioterrorism biological warfare unit at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. In 2001, I actually attended that, um, I think it was the inaugural um Bioterrorism summer session, and I got a certificate from it. It was it was really interesting. It was really good. Where we were looking at biological warfare at that time, bioterrorism, and how a bad actor could try to weaponize pathogen like smallpox, plague, anthrax, tularemia, Q fever, um, uh, and put it on a warhead, deliver it a missile delivery system. Looking at all of the issues not just the epidemiology or the public health response, but the societal response overall. And we did a couple of tabletop exercises using Baltimore as a test city. And I believe we used um, anthrax, delivery of anthrax into Baltimore. And how would the society respond? What would be the death rate and et cetera? And, but anyway, that's just, I wanted to disclose that because I do have a lot of training. Actually, Dr. Henderson and me became friends over the years because I would talk to him extensively after every lecture because he lectured. And then I communicated with him by email. And um, over the years, I, I, I decided I wanted to read for a doctorate in biological warfare at Johns Hopkins. And, you know, I, I, I would have discussions with him about different issues around bioterrorism, bio, biowarfare. He agreed to supervise my doctorate. But I, I also was looking towards, I had done some work at, at Oxford, but I was looking towards in evidence-based medicine, graduate work, and I was looking towards McMaster for a doctorate in, in evidence-based medicine. And I eventually did not take it up with Henderson, the doctorate at Johns Hopkins. I did it at McMaster in evidence-based medicine with Dr. Gordon Guy. But anyway, I don't want to get too sidetracked with that, but... Henderson wrote in 2006 paper about lockdowns, school closures, business closures, masks, everything. And what he was trying to say is um, there, there, there was no situation that he knew of 
And this is after extensive study about epidemic and pandemic responses to influenza and to any viral outbreak, etc., as he described, that there is no situation or no condition under which you lock a society down or constrain it in a pandemic. None. He found none, and he 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 was the top guru in terms of how a society should respond to a pandemic. And he said there's no condition, no avenue, no situation under which you lock a society down, especially in a pandemic. And that all that was needed was strong protections of the highest vulnerable people at all times to make reasonable common sense decisions. Only there was no mass testing to be done. No testing of everybody, everybody at the borders, none of it. No mass quarantine. You don't quarantine the population, you don't quarantine people at the borders, nothing. All that was needed, based on his research, was if people had symptoms and they felt sick, just stay home, as you would normally do. Just stay home. And that you increase the hand washing. Because from his point of view, hand washing, and it is so, remains the principal way to curb the transmission. And, um, you know, his, his, his key words was that um, the negative consequences, this is his actual words, the negative consequences of large-scale lockdown quarantine are so extreme, forced confinement of sick people with the well, complete restriction of movement of large populations, difficulty in getting critical supplies or medicines, difficulty in getting food to people inside quarantine zones, that this mitigation measure of lockdown quarantine should be eliminated from any serious consideration. Basically, he's saying that there is no condition, and he stated it, no condition under which you lock a society down. None. But all of these, he looked at everything. He looked at lockdowns. He looked at school closures. He looked at business closures. He looked at mass mandates. He looked at all, every shielding, anything that you could do. And what he said was, in a pandemic situation, you want the society to remain functional and in its capacity with least, his words, the least disturbance as possible. You don't, as government, interfere with the society. You use public service announcements to increase hand washing. You advise people if they're not sick, if they're sick, they're feeling crappy, they have symptoms, to stay home. But you do not embark on a mass testing of the population where everybody had to be tested every minute. You do not embark on mass quarantine of people with lockdowns. You don't close schools if Johnny had tested positive, you close the whole school, you don't do anything. You let the society function as normal with least interruption from government, unfettered access, no lockdowns, no school closures, none, nothing. Just let society operate. Of course, you protect the vulnerable in a society and you make that decision case by case, who's vulnerable, who's not. And the thing is in COVID, if you listen and you read his writing, we knew two weeks out from February 2020, two weeks, we knew who was the high risk, who was at risk, how they were at risk, what were the risk factors. 
we knew there was a 1,000-fold difference in risk between 85-year-old Granny and 10-year-old Johnny in terms of acquiring infection, becoming severely ill or dying. We knew that. So we knew who we needed to focus on, which was Granny at 80 and 85 years and above with underlying medical conditions. Nobody else. The data was very clear after two weeks to us, people like myself, that your this was CDC data. And the public seems to have not been aware of it, and the media definitely covered it up, and the medical doctors pretended this didn't exist. But CDC put out data right after saying that we began in March of 2020 that if you are 70, 75 years old and below, as well as Dr. John Ionides of Stanford, your risk of survival, 70 to 75 years old and below, this was when we started this lockdown lunacy. Your risk of survival was 99.998%. In other words, if you were 75 years old and below, and you got exposed, and you even got infected with COVID, your chance of survival was almost 100%. So what they were telling us back then were all lies. The lie about asymptomatic transmission, there was no such thing. Just the term tells you it was a lie. For you to transmit pathogen and virus, you must be symptomatic. You cannot transmit if you are asymptomatic. Yet that's stuck in people's heads. Pathogen make you symptomatic with coughs, sneezes, tears, etc. So it can transmit itself, aerosolize itself. But if you're not symptomatic, how would you transmit? Now, we're getting a lot of information now to show us that vaccinated people can shed, can transmit from pores, from groinal secretions, from intimacy, from saliva, etc. We are finding the content of the vaccine. Full vaccine, we are finding mRNA, its fragments. Spike protein, its fragments. We are finding antibodies in a vaccinated person turning up in people who are in close juxtaposition to them, yet who were not vaccinated. Vaccine antibodies. Can you imagine what I just said? That's what we're finding. We are finding placental transfer of the content into the baby in utero. We are finding spike, etc., in the breast milk. So these are the avenues that, yes, the vaccine can be transmitted. But we knew very early on that it was a lie about asymptomatic transmission. We even knew that this, there was a lie, a blatant lie by Fauci and Burks about recurrent infection pre-Omicron era. We were not finding any instance of a bona fide re reinfection. Omicron is different because of the mutations and the rechallenge it had to the immune system, especially the innate immune system. But still, you recovered because of the acquired adaptive second line. We knew there was a lie about there was no early treatment. We had early treatment. We knew there was a lie about natural immunity being inferior to vaccine immunity. Because now, like I've written a seminal piece in Brownstone, with over 170, 180 pieces of evidence showing that natural immunity was more bulletproof 
than vaccine immunity. We knew that. We always knew that. That a vaccine could never confer the protection. That natural exposure immunity could. We knew that natural immunity is bulletproof. I had COVID twice. I have bulletproof lifelong immunity. I could face any COVID variant. Any. And I may, I may get no symptoms likely. I would never even know. I may get a small symptom. My stomach might feel upset for an hour. I might have a little cough for a few hours. That's it. We know that. We knew that. Everything about COVID was a lie. Donald Henderson told us that in 2006. WHO, etc. used his work, yet pretended it didn't exist at the beginning of 2020. He was correct. In the face of an epidemic or pandemic, you do nothing. You increase the hand washing. Sick people to stay home, but you do nothing. You do not interfere with the society and you do not lock down because lockdowns will kill people. Thank you very much.